You're listening to the Awaken Professional Podcast. Whether you're feeling a call to awaken, wanting to connect to your life purpose, a conscious professional, or have awakened and are figuring out what that means and how to apply it to your life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Nicole Strychev, also known as the Writing Medium. I'm happy you're here, so let's get started. Welcome to the Awaken Professional Podcast. I'm excited you could join me today. This podcast has been in my idea bank for a really long time now. I've had the domain for probably five years and I've talked to people over the years about being on the podcast and it just took me a while to get it started because I wanted to make sure that when I began, I could commit. I could commit to it, show up for it, and be able to really do it justice, the idea that I was having anyway, and out of respect to the guest time and who I was asking to be on it. And the reason it took me a while is because I didn't yet have the support tools for my nervous system. When I would go to show up and talk, and it still happens today, I haven't quite healed through it, but my voice would completely go away. I would sometimes pixelate on the screen. So I would think I was talking to um, an audience, say like on a Facebook Live. And then when I was done, it would turn out that the screen was completely pixelated and you couldn't see me at all. So say I was doing something like a card reading um, there'd be nobody there. People would say, I can't see you, but you know, the information's cool <laughs> or whatever, but it completely defeated the purpose of showing up if I wasn't actually being seen is how I felt. So before I committed to doing a podcast and the idea that I was feeling the universe was sending me, I wanted to make sure like when I began, can I show up And a lot of this podcast will be about that, about people who are stepping into their purpose, who are awakening professionals, who are realizing that work and life are really not exclusive. You know, that saying you live to work or work to live, really, I feel like it's all one. And I'm going to tell you about my story working in corporate America, what caused me to leave the call I had to awaken and how it all ties into this podcast in just a minute. But I will tell you, I used to fall into that work to live camp where I thought if I just made a paycheck and could pay my bills, then I could travel and do all the things I wanted to do in life. And instead of feeling like it was all connected and one, it changed the minute I quit. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about basically what does it mean to be an awakened professional and then share my story with it and how I got to this point where I'm talking to you now. And then talk about a little bit about what you can expect going forward from this podcast. And I hope you do listen beyond the first episode and really get into the juicy content that I have planned. 
even though actually my story is pretty interesting. So the way it worked was I was what I would call, I guess, a hot mess (laughs) of a teenager. And one of the things that got me through was writing poetry. So I would write poetry and I would rewrite it, write it in colored pen. And it felt very soothing to me. It felt very calming. And I I actually feel like I was pretty good at it. Later in life, I've gone back to look thinking that it would be juvenile and, you know, very teenage, like small view instead of a larger worldview. And I've been surprised to see that it was actually more insightful than I should have been for the way I was living my life at the time. I wasn't making great choices. I was getting into a lot of trouble. I wasn't doing well in school. Um, I was basically a reflection of, well, I don't want to say a reflection of because I know our parents did the best they could with what they knew, but I was kind of part of that generation where the parenting was very hands-off and I just made really poor choices for myself given, you know, without the guidance, I made really bad decisions. But anyway, so I was writing and there was some spiritual stuff coming through me at the time. But once I left home and moved out, I just really wanted to pay my bills. So I want to put myself through college, find a better way to live. Um, We had grown up in a lot of scarcity and not a lot of financial stability. We had very like up and down with finances. And so I was seeking that, that purpose in like a financial responsibility over my life purpose. But I did stumble on a creative writing class in my undergrad. And I realized I've been writing the whole time. I should be an English major. And that's what I did. And I loved it. I really loved learning about literature. I was writing, again, more poetry at the time. I was doing like the coffee shop thing where you show up and put your name on a list and you can do your poems. I was sending it off to publishers and it came time for me to graduate and I had no idea what to do with writing. So I knew I was meant to be writing. I felt a special connection to it, but I just didn't know what to do with it or how to pay my bills. The manuscripts I was sending out at the time, it I usually didn't even hear back. And if I did, it would take like six months. I was waitressing my way through college. I was feeling the, the strain of the physical toll it takes on you. And I was kind of looking ahead, like how many more years can I do this? That was already five years on the heels of a ton of customer service jobs before that. And so my mom found an ad in a paper about if you're an English major, it would help. It was called an expert witness service firm. And so I applied for that job and I got it. And basically I was helping lawyers find expert witnesses for their court cases. It turned out I was really good at it, but I had this struggle with the boss at the time. She was very passive aggressive. And I didn't know it at first, but I had come in and done as many like client bookings as they were doing as a team on their own. I did that many just by myself. So I think in hindsight, she was very threatened by me, but I just knew she was really mean (laughs) and I didn't want to be there. And so 
one of the witnesses that I found was in human resources. And I asked that person about it. Like, what is human resources? And the way they explained it to me at the time, which turned out to be not entirely accurate, was that basically you were the liaison between the employee and the company and kind of like the the go-between. So it felt kind of humanitarian to me at the time, even though that's not truly what human resources is. I didn't know at the time that, you know, the people paying your your paycheck is the company, not the employee. So you really work for the upper management. You don't really work for the employee, but it is a liaison between the two and there is good to be done in human resources. So I pursued that. I had a friend who I was telling her like, Hey, I'm kind of curious about this human resources thing. And she worked at a company and she had a person there. It was an insurance company and they offered human resources consulting. And that person was looking for somebody. So she said, well, why don't you talk to her? And I did. And and she told me, the person that did the consulting, that the best way to learn about human resources was to come work for her. So (laughs) she hired me and that's how I switched into the human resources world and got to working in that field. Now, the reason I bring up that I thought it was humanitarian was because I did have this longing to help people. I didn't know what it was or how to apply it. So I had kind of these two things going that I wanted to write and that I kind of I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how or what. So it actually seemed like a really good compromise. I thought I could have this nine to five job and also at the same time, be able to pursue my writing. So it seemed like, woohoo, I can finally have financial stability. Health insurance was a big deal for me. I wanted to make sure I had car insurance, uh, you know, a place to live. And it seemed like a good way to go. So once I got into that field with that consulting person, I really got my feet wet, learned a lot, and I kept moving up the ladder. I went to a different company, worked there for a while, and then was able to work my way up to another company where I ran their HR department. And as I was moving up the ladder, I started to kind of feel that feeling of that I had initially wanted to be an English major with credentials. So I enrolled in um, an MBA program. I went for my master's in business. I had felt that my undergrad school didn't have as reputable of a name. So I went to Pepperdine to kind of, I just never wanted someone to think I was less than, which of course, you know, now I know I must've felt unworthy in some way, but I didn't know that at the time. I just wanted to be able to really keep rising to the top. I didn't want anyone to say, well, she just has an English degree, so she can't do this position or that. I got very into the business world and climbing the corporate ladder and and wanting to be like unstoppable. And as I was doing that, I finished my business degree. I was named like the director of human resources. I had done a lot with the company. I had learned a ton. I'd reduced like reduce their turnover. Um, I'd gotten really good at hiring because that's where I figured out that it was easier to hire well than to deal with the employee problems that you have if you don't hire well. well, You know, it's kind of that term. 
if you put a, what is it, a square peg in a round hole, a lot of the hiring that was done prior to me was, you know, like people that they liked or thought could do the job, but they weren't necessarily a match for it. So a lot of my job was dealing with the fallout of that. So I realized, well, if I hire well, if we hire people that actually want to do the job (laughs) we're hiring for, and they have that skill set, and we could offer like a growth path, then a lot of the employee relations problems go away, which is what happened and they did. So like things were going well, I was feeling good at my job. I was feeling like I was moving up. My pay was good. I was working, you know, four days a week with, um, I worked two days in the office, two at home. I had had my first son. I was recently married and I started to have this feeling. So you would think that was everything I had been working toward for almost a decade. I had been totally focused on it. It had been like everything I ever wanted. I felt like I had financial stability. Finally, I was like moving through those patterns that I had in my childhood. And I started to hear this voice and it felt like a tapping on my shoulder. I mean, it really actually felt physical, like a tapping on my shoulder that said, time to wake up, Nicole, time to wake up and help others do the same. Time to wake up and help others do the same. And I was like, you know, what the F (laughs) does that mean? Like, what does that mean? And it didn't go away. It grew louder and stronger. I realized I could hear this voice. It was, it was literally a voice. And I started to see this, that I was at this crossroads. I started to see these two paths. So on one hand, it was like answering this call, following my life purpose, like pursuing what I was here on this planet to do, even though I didn't know what that was or what that meant. And on the other path, I saw myself getting sick. I saw me getting these wake-up calls and these illnesses. And that was the path if I stayed like doing what I was doing. So by then I had I had subscribed to that motto that I had told you that I was working to live. So I had felt like, well, as long as I show up and do a good job. I'm that's enough. And then with that money, I can travel and do whatever I want. So I saw that path before me, this choice that I could continue as I was going. And it was like my life was going to head toward ending. That's how I felt. It felt really strong like that. Like, like you can do this, you can go as you're going, but you're starting to head toward your life ending. Or I could choose this other path of awakening, not knowing what that meant. And it was like all the possibilities were going to open up for me. Like that felt like if you were looking at it, like me standing before the path, like one was bright and shiny and one was like dark and not so shiny. And at the time, I didn't know anything about clairaudience, clairvoyance, any of it, but I'm feeling now in hindsight that that was probably um, a vision of, you know, an intuitive, like tuning into like, if I choose this path, that's the path. That's what's going to happen. If I choose this one, that's what will happen. And it was strong. Let me tell you. So this is why I talk about being an awakened professional. I, 
I truly didn't feel like I had the choice anymore. Like I didn't want to choose ignoring the sign and heading down that path and seeing if I truly did get sick or if that was just some like stupid notion that didn't exist because it felt so real to me. And that voice that said it was time to awaken, that also felt like loud and clear. I've only heard that strong of an intuitive voice, which I believe is my higher self, a few other times. And in both cases, it was like, I don't want to say stern, but it was very like bold. There was no mistaking it. And that's how I felt about this. Simultaneously, my son was, um, you know, a newborn. He was maybe six months old and he was sick in daycare all the time. So I had that four day work week. I would get him all healed and healthy by Sunday night. And then by Wednesday or Thursday, he would have like a full blown cold again. We were using the nebulizer all the time on him for his lungs. We were talking to the doctors about like possible lifelong asthma if this continued. So that also wasn't going well. And it was like, I felt like I needed to be home. That would be the opportunity to write. I could get him on a schedule because it the daycare he was going to, they just couldn't get him to sleep. He was such a busy body and still is that I guess he was just so interested in whatever was going on. So they would write down how long he slept and it was like 10 to 10.45, you know, 1 to 1.15. Like, so I don't know if it was just being exposed to all the germs because, you know, that's part of kids growing up. They need to go through that. But also the fact that he wasn't sleeping, but we just couldn't get him like in a good place. And I just felt like, okay, my job isn't feeling fulfilling. I'm having these feelings that I meant to pursue something else. When I took these corporate jobs and human resources, it was with this kind of understanding that I was going to work and write. And by that point, like I wasn't writing ever. I was telling myself like, oh, well, you're writing employee handbook <laughs> or employee relations memos or emails. Like that's enough. That's enough, right? But that feeling that I was supposed to write. And at the time it felt like the great American novel. That's what I used to hear. Um, and that it just was so far from it that I really wasn't writing creatively in any sense at all. So the company... Also, the universe helped me out, was going through layoffs. So I committed to that company to to see them through the layoffs. And then I would be like the last to go, basically. So that's what I did. I worked from home. I got my son all straightened out, got him on a schedule, got him sleeping. He was healthier. I, you know, processed those layoffs for them, got them through. And then I was laid off with a severance package that helped me take that leap into this like unknown feeling of that I needed to awaken and help others do the same. I kind of want to stop there because it's it it's so involved from there because that's when everything began to happen. So I don't want to walk you through the next decade following that just yet. But I want to tell you if you're feeling a call to awaken, if you're feeling like something about your job and your life just isn't adding up, if you're starting to feel that feeling that I was feeling like you're at a crossroads, I don't think you're alone. 
They're calling this period, this period we're in right now, the great resignation, because so many people are waking up to this feeling that work and life are not meant to be separate, that there's more than just paying your bills. And I think the pandemic really progressed that, especially, you know, say you were a health professional and you had to go in and risk your life around an unknown disease. If you didn't like that job, and weren't feeling rewarded by it, that was a lot. Like it was like life or death. And even customer service, all of a sudden you're interacting with the public and you're wondering about your health and are you safe? It was also an opportunity when things shut down for people to evaluate, did I like that job? All of a sudden you're home and you're not going into work anymore. And then you have this time to think, did I like that job? Did I even want to be doing that? So I know I wasn't alone in that feeling that I had that there was something more for me or something more out there. There was something more to be doing. And I don't know that I truly would have gotten sick if I stayed on my path. Um, I mean, it's possible I could have worked at that job part-time while I called in something new. I have so many more tools in my spiritual toolkit (laughs) than I had at that moment. By that time, when I made that decision to awaken and leave that job, I was living so 3D, like everything that spiritual, intuitive that I had felt as a teenager and in my early 20s, I had just closed the door. Like it was just very like cut and dry, like this is the way it is, this is the way life works. I would notice things like I had a dog that used to bark up in our little condo, and I thought, like, oh, there's probably a ghost there. Like she would bark like she was barking at a person, like she was looking up at a person. But I didn't question it. It was like, ah, oh, she's probably barking at a ghost. <laughs> I wasn't wondering, like, are there spirits around me? I just didn't even take the time to think about any of it. And when I made that leap into, you know, becoming a full-time stay-at-home mom, writing out my severance package like as long as I could. And deciding to write what I thought in my mind at the time was a great American novel, I began to question all of it. And I should say, I didn't so much begin to question everything as much as everything came flooding to me with, oh my gosh, with, I don't want to say, I don't want to like make you think like it's going to be a waterfall, but in my case, it just seemed like I opened the door to a whole world that I hadn't even known existed, like that I had kind of known. And when you look back, I think on your childhood, a lot of us know that like, oh, we were so much more connected to the other side when we were little. And then we slow by slow closed the door onto it. And that's how it felt. Like when people talk about our reawakening, I will say that's what I experienced was waking back up to all these things that I had closed the door to And the simple task of like, oh, I guess I'll just write a novel became a great portal to questioning what did I want out of life? What did I want to leave behind? Did I want a legacy? And why did I feel that I needed one? Why couldn't it just be enough to, you know, just be home with the kids? And like, why did I have this other great competing priority that was beyond just work. Like it really went beyond just like, okay, we have bills, we need to pay them. Um, I always knew, you know, I had so many jobs 
in my lifetime. I always knew like I can always find a job. I had so many skills. I know I can like find work, but it was that feeling that that I never forgot that image of if I went down the path of just working without finding the meaning for me, that it just wasn't like it was that dark path. And over the course of the next de- next decade, there will be times where I did try to go back to HR and just make like what I called an easier living, <laughs> kind of forget about it. And I did actually get sick and have a low grade cancer that scared me enough to just go, okay, <laughs> I have to listen. I have to figure this out. Now, I don't think everyone's wake up call will be as severe. I mean, it could be as easy as, um, you know, you just know that you don't want to do that job. I mean, they talk about if your soul is not on the right track, like first, it's like a little tapping and then it gets louder and louder and louder. And I think for me, apparently, it just needed to get pretty loud when I decided to go back into um, the corporate world again in human resources specifically. It just wasn't good for me or my energy and my body let me know it. And again, I only did it for like another nine months or so and I stopped writing again. So something about me pursuing my purpose really needs the flexibility of me being my own boss and being able to keep my vibe high and being able to exercise and eat right and have time for self-care and all those things. And maybe that's not true for everyone, but it certainly has turned out to be true for me. Do I think that people in this world can be awakened and be in a corporate job or working for someone else? I absolutely think that. If your soul is aligned with what you were doing, wherever you're doing it, that is great. And then you would still be what I consider an awakened or awakening professional because it's about alignment. Like my soul was not aligned. And before that moment, when I quit, I had years of thinking like, this doesn't feel right. I felt like my work clothes were a costume. I would much prefer to be in jeans and casual, but here I was wearing business, what we called business casual. I actually, we weren't even business casual. We were something more than that business professional. We called it business professional and like suit jackets and like, ugh, I just didn't feel like myself. And I didn't even want to invest in work clothes. <laughs> it felt like me. I was just like, these are good enough. I'm just going to wear them. And it was almost like, this is what I wear on Monday. This is what I wear on Tuesday. This is the sweater set I wear on Thursday. Like it just, I didn't feel like myself. And I would also go into work, like feeling like, okay, okay, I can do this. It's going to be a great day. I know I can like handle this. And by lunch, I would just be like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired and I would look for someone to like get out of the office with and I would want to have like some greasy food and you know a bunch of caffeine so I could get through the day and then I would go home and exercise and like think like okay I can do it I could do it tomorrow's gonna be better and I would go back so even though on the surface like it would look like I was doing a good job at work even after I left for years after many of the employees reached out to me to tell me they had 
positions at their company for HR people. Was I interested? Was I still doing it? Which I found very flattering considering I had to lay off so many of them, which was, you know, horrible and difficult. And so for people to still, you know, reach out to me. So on the surface, it looked like I was doing a good job, getting the promotions, um, getting my work done, but inside it wasn't aligned. It didn't feel right. I didn't feel good. I was having to do so much self-care and like numbing out to be able to do that job. I really was doing a lot of numbing, like vegging out on the TV when I got home. All the things we do to numb ourselves to get through something that isn't right. So for me, it wasn't aligned. But if you're showing up to your corporate job or any job or your business owner, whatever you're doing, if it feels like it makes you feel alive, if it feels like you know you have the normal trials and tribulations that come with life, of course, but for the majority of it, you feel like very good about it. You're excited. You might finish your days like feeling like, oh my gosh, I did a lot of good things today. Like I really got a lot done. I'm excited. I feel good. Um, entrepreneurs can feel that like when you sell your program or you fill up your group where you're just like, oh my gosh, that's the best. I worked so hard for that. And to see it come to fruition is awesome. Being part of a team where you have that feeling that you get everything done and it's a win and you're feeling good about it. Um, that's how, you know, if you're in alignment and I, I'm going to say, I'm going to be bold here and say that, you know, if you're not in alignment, like you'll be feeling it. So you may or may not need to shift what you're doing for a living when you find this podcast, but you may be in the right spot and this podcast can help you continue that road, or you may be in the wrong spot. And this podcast can help you continue down that road. I've been down both. I have a lot of resources and help. And I'm going to be bringing on people to talk about what it means to be an awakened professional, how they're doing it, what's going on in their world, a lot more types of businesses. So you can see more than just my own experience, like what it means. So I'm excited to launch this first episode I hope you're with me. My next episode will be 20 signs that you're an awakened or awakening professional that will help you um, figure that out and get more insight about what I actually mean by that other than my own story. So you can reflect on kind of where you are in that spectrum if it's important to you. Otherwise, it's just interesting to ponder and then we'll go from there. So thank you for showing up and listening. And I would love it if you subscribe and leave a review if you like this episode, because it will help me get seen and heard faster and help me get this out there and get more guests on the show. You know how it goes. Um, So yeah, thank you for showing up and listening.